As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. It was made evident at some point during last week's episode that whenever it was just me, Joshua Briscoe, and Seth Kaiser, we we ended up with a really sort of downer attitude on a lot of things. I'm afraid that we may have walked some of our beloved listeners up to the edge and said, hey man, I mean, you can give it a little bit, but it's looking kind of scary from up here to us. And in just the moments of brief conversation pre-show that I have been able to have with Nate Taylor, back with us again on this episode of Time Zars, Nate... It, the the energy that you bring, not just to this show, but like throughout the world, I realized all of a sudden that either me or Seth, maybe it's me and Seth, are the little devil on the shoulder whispering into one ear, and you're the angel with the harp and some beautiful white robes, like just ah. singing into the other shoulder, saying, "Look, man, hey everybody, things are gonna be just fine. Just, just I'm doing. You can't see this because it's a podcast, but I'm doing the harp hand motions. Yes, you know, yes, I the am, fingers. I am, yes, I'm plucky. doing the. I'm plucking with my harp fingers right now. I don't, and I'm wondering now if maybe Seth is the devil and then I'm just in between and mm. I'm, the, I'm the very impressionable sort of uh, moral neutral. I, I'm, or maybe maybe I'm the devil and Seth's in the middle. I, I'm really not sure. Uh, but but you said something before the show started. You know what? It's good to have Nate here. We need some balance today. And Seth's <laughs> going to join us back in, in a little bit. Uh, Seth Seth's going to join in progress, as they say in the industry. Yeah, uh, Seth is coming off the bench. Yeah, that's right. That's you right. know, it's 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 loud. Um, I'm not sure if it's Boston Garden loud, but like oh. he's he's gonna he's gonna we gotta bring him in. He's gonna handle the ball. Everything's gonna be okay. Like you don't have to win this game, but it'd be nice. It'd be how nice. Are, how are his hamstrings? Because that right now, if you want to derail my entire not just not just the show, my whole life, just talking about hamstring strains. Um. Oh. You know the studies, good Sir Josh have have yeah. shown that he 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 not coming back to round two now. Yeah. Uh, CJ has been known to be streaky, and uh, I I don't know what part of the streak we own. <laughs> um, but I I, I do enjoy. I can't, the, I don't want to I don't want to make this whole show about the Phoenix Suns. I just just I want everyone to know that I'm having a very I'm going through a very hard time personally right now. Look, look, I I love Kevin Durant, and then I look at Giannis. Oh, mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. heart. Um, mm-hmm. but hey, 
even they got got. And I and I kept I just kept being like, hey, it's only mid third. Hey, yeah, all right. They're all right. Hey, it's only the under eight and the fourth. When is DeRozan gonna stop missing? <laughs> he's 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 not missing. Okay, I guess we're that going what I guess we're going to go 1-1 to Chicago or 1-1 to New Orleans or 1-1 to Minnesota. My new favorite team that won't be playing probably a week from now. Um, But look, Seth is going to be our microwave, so I can't wait to hear what he has to say in in, uh, in the upcoming minutes. But as the starters that are (laughs) Josh and I right now, and the fact that yes, I came back in time for the playoffs uh, of a different sport. Can I? Can we just acknowledge the fact that yes, y'all, y'all are right. Like I listened to last week's episode; it was so entertaining. I laughed <laughs> constantly because I know both of y'all so well, um, as I'm sure our listeners do. But like you said, hey, it might have been a little gloomy, you know. Uh, it's that part of the year, particularly in the Midwest, uh, in the Kansas City area, where one day you're like, see, this is why I live here. Because mm-hmm. it's affordable, it's comfortable, it's sunny and shining on us, you know? Traffic ain't a problem. I can go see anyone or go do anything. And then other days, like last week's episode... Are more gloom and when will it stop raining? And oh my God, is that snow? <laughs> That's right. Why? That's right. And, and you know, if I'm supposed to be the angel right now with the harp, Patrick Mahomes is entering his prime. That's right. The offense will be different, which you and Seth alluded to. Um, the offensive line is intact. And. Potentially could get better in year two, uh, all based on the young guys in the interior. Uh, and Orlando Brown just, you know, being a left tackle, having a whole offseason to, like, get better at stuff after actually playing the position for the first time, like, legitimately. So if the quarterback can get better and the offensive line can get better, before the draft ever begins, like, the Chiefs still have a top five, perhaps top ten offense. Top 10 is probably more legitimate because uh, last year they were top five based on like certain statistics where they're like points per game and, and yardage and stuff of that nature. Uh, they were the best in the league at third downs uh, mm. because, again, you have the most talented quarterback in the league. Um, they're still a top 10 offense. Like Juju Smith-Schuster ain't ran a slant yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantlin ain't run a go route. Uh, we're not sure when the jet sweeps are going to happen with McColl, but you know they're going to happen. Um, I assume Ronald Jones will be competent and an addition, uh, perhaps slightly better than Daryl Williams was last year when I truly believe, and I think most people in the league believe, that like Daryl Williams maxed out his athletic ability with the amount of opportunities presented to him last year and trying to get a similar production in subsequent years, may not be fruitful. Um, and if Clyde's ever going to figure it out, we all assume that in the third year, is when you reach your peak, when you start to enter your prime, particularly at a skill position. So, they have a top 10 offense. They haven't snapped the ball, obviously. We don't even know who they're playing, although the league told us today, mark your calendars! 
May twelfth to mark your calendars. Some people, some people have gotten over the NFL draft becoming a three day event. Ugh. You know, the 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 schedule release day is an event now, and that was really for me. Whenever I believe the the shark was jumped, uh, if that is the a turn of phrase. The announcement that there is an incoming schedule that saying, hey, everybody, as you said, mark your calendars. calendars. Hey, friends and family. Hey, cancel your planes. <laughs> your niece's bat mitzvah. Is that one? Is it bar mitzvah? It's a bat mitzvah if it's for a niece, right? If it would be a bar mitzvah for a nephew, I'm not Jewish. That's my understanding. <laughs> your, uh, your, your, your various uh, celebrations, regardless of your <laughs> religious background, cancel it. Because the NFL schedule comes out that night. You got to tell little Jeannie or little Johnny or little whoever it is that's hitting their 13th or 16th or 18th or 21st birthday. Frankly, it doesn't matter. Birthdays are over because the NFL <laughs> schedule has a day where that will be released. You know you know who, you know who's the big winner of this announcement to the announcement? And this is a, a shout out to my dear friend and, and colleague, uh, Lindsey Jones, who's one of our national writers for The Athletic. Lindsey made the astute... Uh, you know, assessment that they were like, you know, they could have done this on Cinco de Mayo, but then they were like, too many people are going to be out like drinking and <laughs> celebrating. Uh-huh. That's right. And like being festive. So like May 12th, like just, just do it a week later. Let's just give everybody a week. Hey, good point. have your thing on Cinco de Mayo on May 5th. Um, hopefully the Phoenix Suns are still playing by then. Oh. But, but hey, like, you know. We'll come at you on the twelfth, but don't you do a single thing on like May twelfth. They have they told the all have they told the television networks, hey, forget your sweeps. <laughs> don't put nothing on the twelfth. Yeah, uh, no, the the NBA the NBA playoffs will will not appear on first take that day. It's going to be predicting every game of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers twenty twenty two. The Cowboys <laughs> open the season against Daniel Dimes. Oh my goodness! Oh, oh, oh baby, catch it. Hopefully, everybody understands that Stephen A. Smith scream I just gave. Um, that was good. <laughs> I think we could all get more into Stephen A. impressions on this show, and that might be a future lane for us to take. Yeah, You're right. telling me. So you mean to tell me that Kevin Durant couldn't score last night? I So you just went high volume to low volume, which is great. Stephen A.'s got range. But really my does. my favorite one is, you are telling me, just to make sure I understand you, Mad Dog, you are telling me that last night with the game on the line, Kevin I love I love just the zero to sixty that occasionally that occasionally comes in. That man's a master of his craft. He really he's the he's the best. Come on, guys. We all know I'm this. Looking, I'm also looking at my waveforms and I'd like to apologize to both producer <laughs> Kent and every listener for trying to have to make that work. I'm sorry. But again, as the heart music plays. Uh-huh. That's right. <laughs> That's right. The quarterback is fully healthy. The quarterback yeah. acknowledged on Monday, hey, I was in a walking boot at this time mm-hmm. a year ago. Quarterback mm-hmm. says, Let me take it, let me take care of it, coach. Let me take care of it, EB. I'm gonna bring the boys down south. I'm gonna do what Tom Brady did when there was a pandemic. Hope everybody caught that joke. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna be having <laughs> we're gonna be having ultimate, you know, 707 without the other seven. Uh, workouts, you know, like seven on seven air. on grass, <laughs> seven yeah. on air. 
Air has no chance. Oh, uh, <laughs> so Air Air also might be one of the Chiefs' starting corners next year. So this well, actually could be useful. He, he's good in the middle. He got yeah. he, as we as we all like to say, got range. Got got so air has rangy. A, air has so much range and versatility. Um, yeah. you don't want to see him when he gets windy. Okay? That's right. That's right. You, you you don't want to see him get windy, but he can get stale at times. He can take plays off. Um, and that's that's a concern for for evaluators. Um, but they have a top ten offense, and I just want people to take a deep breath and understand that whatever the offense is, the Chiefs will have an advantage for probably the first five to six weeks of like just putting things on tape with a new personnel group with still a great quarterback. Um, that defenses are going to have to react to versus last year where it felt really um, disconcerting at times sort of after the Baltimore game. Uh, Cause I've, I've mm. started to rewatch some of the games last year. Um, but after the Baltimore game, when it got to week three, it was like the defenses had started to be like, we just have to be disciplined in what the Buccaneers did. And obviously the too high and like just keeping everything in front of you and more snaps may lead to more penalties and or turnovers. Um, and so this is, it could be the opposite this upcoming year. Um, there have been so much talk about wide receivers as we enter. Uh, I guess we are officially in draft week. I mean, I guess we're like seven days out. Yeah. Um, one week away. I don't yeah. know if it's I don't know if it's draft week, but we are a week away from the draft. Yeah, those are um, two different two different energies, right? And, and so as we as we board upon this this flight that you hope is smooth and not turbulent, that is the draft. I understand, like, and I get caught up in it too because when Seth is on later, um, I'm gonna I, I want us to all give our preferential rankings about these receivers. Um, based on all the film work and everything that Seth has done in the Chiefs in the North newsletter, which I've read every word, and I just want to argue with him about Mr. Pickens, but that's you know that's here or there. Um, okay, I want to. I just want to moderate this because I just. I mean, as you know, I just steal all my opinions from you or Seth. And for me, for me, I won't actually that's not have true. any. I won't actually have any opinions until after you guys present them to me. Um, here's here's a here's a brief little thing. Uh, Mr. Watson, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, uh, you know our our buddy Dane Brugler makes a makes an astute uh, acknowledgement that this man ain't played nobody. Yeah, <laughs> Christian Watson, uh, who is six four, two hundred and eight, and can fly. Um, he did not play a single FBS opponent in his college career. So it's going to be a bit of a jump. It gives you some pause. Yeah. <laughs> but Mr. Watson, if you've heard this man talk, is like he has the audacity and I'm here for it. And I just want to believe in the young fella. Like, I don't know if he'll go to the Chiefs. I don't know what his career is going to look like. On tape, he looks like he's playing junior high kids. <laughs> <laughs> and so... On the on the FCS level, it's like, man, those are like junior high high school kids. Obviously, he didn't have FBS. Now he's going into the league, the highest of the high. And I just want to, I just want him to keep the audacity. I want him to to succeed, and I'm willing to 
to put a lot of chips on the table that Christian Watson's going to be really, really good at this league. Interesting. Knowing, knowing sometimes that when they flip over that last card, when you play poker, the odds may not be in my favor. But I'm just mm-hmm. so, I'm so confident in Mr. Watson because he's confident. And why? how could you not be? Because he mossed some people at the Senior Bowl, which is, I guess, the only FPS opponent he's That's faced. Right. <laughs> and, That's right. and he was playing junior high kids in, right. in college. Other than that. Other than that, you know, uh, and and the idea that, like, hey, this gets really hard and it's situational. And, you know, sometimes uh, you may not get the ball as much as a rookie, but you need to continue to develop and get better and obviously study and and, uh, keep your body right and make wise choices on and off the field. It's really hard, ladies and gentlemen, to be good at this. (laughs) So with all that to be said, I want to just, like, I'm not going all in on Christian Watson, but I am willing to give a sizable amount of my uh, evaluation process, the trust I have in other evaluators, and the idea that like he would be really fun to watch on Sundays if he uh, was on the Chiefs or just a competent, high-quality football team. I will let Seth speak for himself on that because he's going to do his his final tier list at some point. But Christian Watson is not super high on that list of guys he's looked at so far. So I uh, I imagine you've seen where that lands, and I'll let I'll let Seth speak for himself when he when he gets here momentarily. Um, in the meantime, the the one thing I wanted to touch on just before we end up deep into the Debo conversation, into the wide receiver conversation altogether. You mentioned the Mahomes thing, um, that, that he and a bunch of the new skill position guys are all working out in Texas and that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy have all collaborated on something that feels borderline like a CBA violation, but also something that you have to be clever hey, enough hey, to hey, actually hey, use. Sorry, hey, hey, sorry, hey, too did, loud. Did Tom Brady do it? Then, yeah, then, Tom, then what CBA are we talking about? No, Tom Brady and Tom Brady did it when it was explicitly not allowed. <laughs> so that is a slight difference. You're right. You said um, you you saying, hey, I could both play and get some ownership money. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we haven't talked about that at all here, which is and we're not and we're not going to, Your Honor. No, we're not we're no, not going to. We're not. Uh, it's just, it's just that, uh, maybe the most ridiculous, like maybe the most incredible power play in the history of modern NFL got derailed by racism. Like, think about that. I mean, it was power that was about to be grabbed by another white guy. So it's, I mean, it would have still been kind of in character, but Brian Flores, maybe just open, open the uh, crack in the window. It was like, Hey, anybody want to look in here? And Tom Brady was like, no, I'm good. I'm out. Nope. Nope. Tampa's fine. I can commute. It's Tampa's fine. Please don't look at my... You know what? Hey, you guys heard what happened last time you guys tried to look at my texts, right? You remember that? We all got in trouble. <laughs> Over footballs! We are not We are not going to Discovery for me to be a dolphin. <laughs> Over that the, is not worth it. Over the air or lack thereof in a football. In a yeah, game right. where they mollywop the Colts. That's right. Imagine, imagine what it would be with Stephen Ross's emails. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Uh, anywho, yeah, we're not, and that does conclude our coverage of that scandal. Um, 
But the I I think that the, the whole kind of OTA little um do it, it like Andy Reid saying hey this is different than three years ago but not different than the last couple of years because our meetings are virtual those guys are out there hanging out coaches can't even watch these dudes practice anyway you clearly if you have trust in your quarterback to be able to give these guys the the intro the, the one the Andy Reid offense one hundred and one class that seems like a good thing and. Uh, I honestly, I'm, I'm sort of expecting it to be something that, that other teams start copying the notes of in the future. Cause it, it seems like it makes a lot of sense. We heard this in press conferences, as Nate mentioned from Reed and Mahomes and also McCall Hardman and, and Nick Bolton, um, early this week. But I, uh, I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. I thought hearing those guys talk about Tyree kill, not being in this offense and how it won't be drastically different without him. They also both Reed and Mahomes. Uh, invoked the idea that, hey, we've we've played games that before and they've been good and had good stats and everything. It's different, but they both brought that up also. So I, I wanted to know if you had any kind of takeaways from Monday's pressers before we uh, get fully into Debo Samuel Illuminati <laughs> mode. <laughs> no, I, I you you were spot on. I I just get the sense that um if everyone stays healthy, there's a chance that not only can the offense be uh, fully functional. Um, but so much of this will have to come down to the coaching staff and the understanding too, that like, this is a real, I don't know. In years past, it's been like, Hey, don't you want to come see your favorite team in St. Joseph? Now it's like when training camp is available for fans, um, you should go out there. Cause yeah. I don't know what I'm gonna see. Yeah, and that's, that's you know that's something that you guys talked about last week. Just like there's a little bit of fun in trying to project what comes next. Obviously, that will be altered by the draft. Um, I don't know. It's just it's it's fascinating to see where this is all gonna go. Um, and I know we're gonna get to a more uh a more difficult side of the ball to to see a clear picture <laughs> but um the chiefs are still dealing from a position of strength as of right now but that can all change between when the draft starts and when week one begins and whenever that's i don't it. know much about that nate oh oh <laughs> but i know one thing i know that josh is wrong <laughs> I, I I I I got a feeling. I mean, that's that, that that's a swish what? on his first attempt, ladies and gentlemen. Coming off, I the disagree. Bench. I disagree. You know, my last my last opinion, Seth. The last opinion that I gave before oh, you Lord. hopped in just now uh-huh. was that uh-huh. I get all of my opinions from you and Nate. So honestly, <laughs> you, maybe you save me for myself. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I can assuredly tell you there are a few things in this life that I know, and one of them is you should definitely listen to someone who's not me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I apologize for my lateness, and no, boy, fine. it was it was cool like coming in and being a fly on the wall for a moment, and 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 hearing Nate eloquently as ever discuss the unknown that is the offense this year. And not in like a fun way. And I know Josh, you and I talked about that previously. Like it's not unknown in a fun way. It's unknown like, well, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like training camp can be a real, like you, you may actually gleam stuff in training camp this upcoming year than you could not the last two years. Like you really, right. just, you really just couldn't. Um, and obviously two years ago that was pandemic. There was no fans. Sorry. 
Uh, but even last year, they were going through things that were more offensive line specific than anything else for for mm. obvious reasons because like they had an entirely new offensive line. But you know, I saw Tyreek run all those same routes. Like, okay, nothing, nothing great there. Okay, they kind of sprinkled some things in the preseason, but there was nothing in St. Joe that left me feeling like. I guess it made it easy for me to evaluate as a reporter to know like who was on the depth chart as to where they were and their chances of making the, the, the opening day roster. And luckily it was not very hard to project that um, when it came down to cut down day. But uh, in terms of like what they want to see in front of fans and to know that they're going to learn more things just as much as fans are in St. Joseph Mm -hmm. is kind of tantalizing Mm -hmm. to me. They might actually have to like do some install during training camp like in front of people. Yeah. Like they might have to actually figure out, okay, what are we going to do? Cause I mean, with, with Juju and MVS, you think you have relatively known quantities, but you never really know until you really see someone out there and within the framework of the offense. It'll be, it'll be interesting. But yeah, training camp the last few years, like it was fun. It's like, wow, look, Tyreek Hill's fast. Wow, look, Travis Kelsey did something terrible to Daniel Sorensen on a downfield route. You know, like, but like, it wasn't doesn't like. doesn't play here anymore, Seth. <laughs> that was, no, that was just one of the things that I noticed. He went to um, New Orleans and still got sideswiped on this podcast. My children noticed it. Look, look. They were like, they were like, wow, who is that? And I was like, oh, that's Travis Kelsey. It's like. Who's the guy covering him? You know, like they asked in a kid way. They didn't say covering. And right. I was like, oh, you know, that's that's Dan Sorensen. It's his job to stop him. And they're like, he didn't really do it. And I was like, yeah, that was a good, that was good analysis. Son. You want to see if we can get your, see if we can get your kids Spags's phone number just for future reference, just in case <laughs> that happens again. Look, this 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 tells you where players are relative to one another on yep. their on their career paths. The 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 first moment where I thought. It might not be the year for Daniel Sorensen. Was early into training camp, and Noah Gray cooked him on a corner route. Yeah, that was bad. And Noah and Noah Gray had um, check notes. Not even played a preseason game yet. Yeah. Well, it's not like it's not like this was Jody Fortson doing it. Okay, like that Jody Fortson cooks some dudes in camp, and that's okay. But it's also like not like it was like Tyree Hill, although Tyree Hill did cook him in some one on Man, we really are. This became like two minutes of just firing random straight. But it, but look, but, playoff hero Daniel Sorensen. But there are some things where training camp does illustrate what may unfold in front of your eyes in October when yeah. when the entire fan base has has, has turned its back on you uh, in a, in a very look, written I- way. Look, I, I understand all that. I just want to make sure being fair to Dan Sorensen, like Noah Gray hadn't played meaningful snaps yet. But when you're launched out of a football factory like Duke University, like sometimes you're just going to get cooked at early in training camp. <laughs> David and, and somewhere David Cutcliffe smiles. <laughs> Noted football factory Duke. Did you guys know I'm, Coach K? Did you, did you guys know Coach K retired, by the what? way? What? I know. Seth might not actually. <laughs> Coach K? No, yeah. I'm sorry. I do know that much. I do know I hey, I do know Rock Chalk. 
Uh, that still hangs on. You still just you still just made a th- like two thirds of our listening Speak, audience. Speaking mad. like a good politician, Rock yeah. is it? Is the I still know hey, the Rock? Wait chalk. a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! <laughs> Let me prove my bona fides here. Okay, I I have been a fan of the Kansas Jayhawks since before the the days of Jeff Boshi. Okay, oh. who Jeff Boshi? You ask. You mean? From Valley City High School, Highliner Jeff Kirk Boshi. Heinrich. Oh. Hey, you know what? Kirk Heinrich stole that job from Jeff by being a much better basketball player. <laughs> and, you wanna, and, had they let Jeff Boshi keep shooting in the national championship, they, they, they win that year against Syracuse. That's all I'm saying. Boshi had like 20 in the first half. So don't challenge my Jayhawk fanhood. There, Look, Briscoe. Nate, you want to hear a politician? Hey, everybody. Rock Chalk, Ema, M-I-Z. Like, I go nears. Like, I don't... This isn't really for Is me. Is it E-Mow? I mean, I don't care. I don't really know what we're doing out here. I just... I'm trying I to sound don't... like a, a, a man from a certain age, and you probably know his complexion. That's all. That's all I'm trying to do. <laughs> I am the Brian Kelly of local college sports. Ooh. Like, like... K, KU wins the the national title. I'm trying to I'm trying to to get out to get out there to what it what's uh what Mass Street? What's that short for? Massachusetts? Like I'm I'm I'll be out there. Hey, look, you you get some uh, K State football uh, uh, resurrection. I'll be out there in Manhattan. You want to hit a little M I Z? I'll hit you with the Z O U, man. I'm I'm here for all comers. I just don't want any I don't want any Chiefs fans to turn off this podcast because of their collegiate allegiances. That's no, that's where no, I'm no, at. No, we do not. And, I, and that. that's why I am running for governor in 2024. This is my this is my campaign announcement. <laughs> oh. uh, Mr. Briscoe, uh, what can you say about Arrowhead Stadium's future? Mm, mm. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, we love our Kansas City, whatever the name of the team should be. And, uh, you know, we'd love to have him continue to be here on the uh, Missouri side. Unless I'm running for governor on the Kansas side. Honestly, at this point, I haven't decided yet. I'm running for governor somewhere soon. Thank you sure. for your question, sir. Sure. Unless they combine the states, then you'd be like an Uber governor. Which I might be in favor for or maybe not. I'm going to wait for the polling to come back. I will let you know. It all depends on what people want. And that's what you want because you're a man of the people. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know what I did to get some polling numbers on from you two? I'd like to know what the polling percentage on this on this podcast is of if the Chiefs should or will trade for a wide receiver. Potentially Debo Samuel, potentially it's AJ Brown, potentially it's Terry McLaurin, potentially it's DK Metcalf. But we, we held off. Who knows? Maybe, hey, why not all four of them? I, as governor, will mandate that the Chiefs have to trade for all four of those for each of their four seventh <laughs> round picks. And that's why I'm running for governor in 2024. 
I, I, I know that we have, uh, Seth, we, we've pushed this conversation back because I want to know where, where both of you guys are at. And the, the Debo rumors, oh, they've, they've been hot and heavy and fast and furious. Um, and it, it sounds like at this point, from the reports that we've got nationally, it's not really a monetary issue. Uh, it sounds like Debo might not be pleased with how he's been used increasingly in the running game. Like <laughs> he, he wants to play past the age of 29. <laughs> That's right. He'd like to play wide receiver and not running back and the hits that come with that and the checks that come with that. Uh, it, it, that one's an interesting one, just a, an overall situation where also the Niners still have more leverage than other teams might in, in similar situations. So obviously any receiver ends up on the market. Teams are going to, people are going to connect the chiefs to whatever that is. You guys have both written about it. Some Nate, you had a, uh, a trade offer up in the athletic Seth, you've taken a crack at it up in the chief of the North newsletter. Uh, you guys uh, Seth, you haven't talked for 20 minutes. Tell me, uh, tell me where you're at on the, on the whole, uh, on the whole operation right now. Debo, AJ Brown, et cetera. I feel like I, I feel like I haven't earned it because I like came in and then immediately just dragged the entire conversation towards college basketball. Your plus minus for this show is terrible, but we think you're going to get hot. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's me. I am a I'm a very I'm a high variance player. Mm, um, yeah. And so I did write about this uh, in an article entitled "Value Pricing and Asset Division" on the Chief of the North newsletter. Um, it's not about stocks or real estate. <laughs> yeah i i wish i've looked at the pricing of those sub stats <laughs> those dudes are making some money it's like but then you read the descriptions like actionable you know the, the best actionable information based on market variances and i like read it i was like yeah i can't do this so that, yeah, that guy deserves his money back to football for me yep so the chiefs are in an interesting situation pretty much everyone right now we're in that time of year where draft picks are like gold to people the draft is right here every draft pick like i talked about eh, yeah, it's at least interesting that debo wants to be traded people took that me to say the Chiefs should trade literally every draft pick they have this year for debo samuel and give him a contract for 50 million a year and they were like no just draft the next one and i'm like draft the next debo that is a good idea Mm-hmm. Like I am not denying anytime someone replies with, well, no, just draft the next one. It's like, yes, that is a really good idea. It's mm-hmm. like, well, just draft the next Trey Smith in the sixth round. You know what? That's a really good plan. Like if you can execute that plan consistently, you will win a lot of Super Bowls. And when I am governor. <laughs> exactly. It will be mandatory that people follow that plan and simply draft really good players with every draft pick. Simple. The NFL Simple. is easy. I don't know why people make a big deal out of this. Here's the deal. They have a ton of draft picks. People are obsessed with draft picks right now. And the Chiefs have had a top-heavy roster for a while. They kind of need to replenish. You look at the defense side of the roster, it scares you. My goal was to try to figure out, is there a scenario in which it makes sense for the Chiefs to trade Tyreek Hill and let him sign for big money elsewhere and thus open up their draft and salary cap possibilities and then turn right around and trade for another star wide receiver? Closing those same things. Here's here's the thing that I have arrived at. It only makes sense if you can have your cake and eat it too. It doesn't make sense to trade a, a first and second round pick for Debo Samuel or, you know, or, or let's say the exact same thing. It doesn't make sense to trade a first, second, and fourth, and then a fourth and a sixth next year. And then give Debo Samuel a ca- a a contract that averages twenty two point eight million dollar cap hit over the next four years. Wow, Seth, that's really specific information. Yes, because that's precisely what happened with Hill, right? Mm-hmm. 
Because then all you've done is, what you've really done is traded Tyreek Hill for Debo Samuel. And Debo's a great player. But you lose that trade. That's why any move they make for receiver, which I've pushed for, should be viewed through the prism of this cannot be a swap for Tyreek Hill. It's got to be a swap for, you know, you lose Tyreek Hill, but you gain this player and then multiple picks. And and think of it kind of that way. Maybe save a million or two per year against the cap. That, I'd think about it. I'd at least think about it. Just maybe. You know, what if you could get A.J. Brown for one first rounder and he signs a deal that's a little bit cheaper? Would you do that? I, I think about it. not happening it's not, yeah, it's, 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 it's really not i was trying uh, to come up with an inoffensive reality. way to say well yeah and if somebody you know if if uh somebody wanted to drive a, I mean, if john lynch wants to, to get, my, yeah if john lynch wants to get fired tomorrow that would be that would be awesome uh i guess for she's fans not not awesome for him um <laughs> If somebody if somebody asks if I would like for uh you know this show to be me Nate Taylor and Mitchell Schwartz I'd be like yeah of course. But we've had, come we've, on we've had now, you're, now you're just hurting my feelings. Look, we, we've, I, we've had conversations with Mitch. Everybody knows how much I enjoy him. He and, no uh, he I you know he's on my he's on my bleep list. He 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 tweeted something about how Chris Paul is cursed because Booker got hurt and I'm out on Mitchell Schwartz. He can he and I can he can fight me please not literally but just about how hurt yeah. I am and how bad sure. my feelings are hurt about the well, Suns right I now. Mean, you know, how's, the, how's the back rehab coming? This might be your shot. No, it's not. <laughs> no, I nope. missed that window, dude. He could have he could have <laughs> stepped out of surgery and kicked my ass. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I need to take a quick break from yeah. this anesthesia. Yeah. Someone out there needs to get smacked. He could have kept his IV in his arm <laughs> and I would have been toast. He'll go full Mike Tyson on an airplane on you. God, somebody, what was that guy thinking, by the way? Are you kidding yeah. me? Somebody, no, that, please send this to Mitchell Schwartz, not name me. Um, no, it's not realistic. I, that you include the, all I ask is that you include all of the context. I just right. don't want him to. I just right. don't want because if he shows up at my door, like I'd love to have him. You know, I'd give him. I'd give him the uh, the, the whole kitchen to himself, but I'd be fine. But I'm not really trying to fight. Yeah, will you please make me? I bet you he'd make you a killer meal, though. Like that. Oh, yeah, dude, no kidding. It would just be I'm my like, last one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're right. It's not really a realistic. That's the problem the Chiefs face. The only thing would be is if you have a unique scenario here where you've got a player who really, you know, says to the team, I'm really not playing for you guys. You might as well get some value. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily about beating Hill and Adam's contract. That's a rare scenario. Because like A.J. Brown's minders, that's all about the contract. Um, Terry McLaurin, that, that's about the contract. So these aren't guys that are going to come in and say, hey, would you sign for 18 mil a year? They'd be like, <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the receiver market? But in the right scenario... What if you could just save a little? But Nate, are you telling me that my dream is dead? They can't have their cake and eat it too? Essentially, yes. Oh, um, it hurts. So what I offered in The Athletic um, when we got together and, you know, the the likelihood of teams who would be interested in Debo Samuel and because of the Tyreek Hill trade and the amount of picks that the Chiefs have in this upcoming draft, yes, it, it, it makes sense that they would be a possible landing spot. Um I don't get to play general manager a ton. Uh, have no desire to do it, uh, really. But 
you know, I offered the 30th pick and the 94th pick. 94th is the first third rounder, not the Ryan Poles honorary uh, third rounder. So um, it's two picks in the top 100. Uh, I know the Niners will not take it, but that's where you would start from a decent level of negotiation if they actually wanted to get on the phone between John Lynch and, and Brett Veach. Um, but I don't really see it going far for a lot of teams just because uh, someone pointed this out uh, fairly early yesterday. Who is, you know, um, George Kittle can't do everything. Mm-hmm. Like, he he literally can. Um, and this player has one more year left on their rookie deal. You could franchise that player afterwards. Uh, this is just step one of a long uh, back and forth between Mr. Samuel and, and the 49ers. Um, it also doesn't help Debo. It doesn't help AJ. It doesn't help Mr. McLaurin. Guys, there's 20 receivers that are just waiting to be picked up a week from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and with... <sighs> has anybody talked to Christian Kurt? Has, any, is, is, has, has he said a word? Or, or is he just maniacal enough to sign that contract and never... No one see, <laughs> no one see him until September. Does, does he... Have we f- located this man... In the Jacksonville metropolitan area, um, so it, it's it's really complicated. The short answer is no. The long answer is no. And uh, I would advise Chiefs fans to exert their energy elsewhere, which is that clicker and the wide receiver that you've fallen in love with in the draft that the Chiefs also won't be able to select. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, let's let's just let's just walk right over there then, because Seth, you did not hear this. I will uh, I will give you the inside info here. I'm I'm looking at your uh, your your receiver tiers so far up in the Chief of the North newsletter. I know it's an ongoing process. I know that this is preliminary, as you say, uh, a number of times. Like, this is this is not a final listing, and I'm not going to give away your whole game here. I want people to go check it out. MNChiefsFan.substack.com is the URL for all your stuff. Of course, TheAthletic.com for all of Nate's work. But Nate started off this show talking about how much he likes Christian Watson. And he I will say this, Uh-oh. he is he is not at the top of your list. He is not in the top half of your list. Uh, now he is not <laughs> he is not the first name listed in tier four. Tier four is the final tier. That was tier. just alphabetical. All right, so so maybe so maybe he is alone in maybe he's at the top of tier four there. Uh, l- but, l- ladies uh, and gentlemen, we go now to the Times R's uh, personnel and scouting department meeting where yes. <laughs> where where Josh is the general manager. Uh, I am the vice president of football operations, and Seth is the co or lead director of uh, college pro- personnel. Uh, I, I can I e college scouting. I really actually like this because I would enter that meeting. Uh, you know what? Let's let's role play. So I'm entering the meeting. I know what you guys are thinking. So I'm going to sit down. Look, guys, mm-hmm. I, I know what you're going to say to me. And I just got to tell you, his film has a lot of potential, hmm. but it's a little incomplete. That's all I'm saying. Just a little just, one one real quick question. I'll be on, you know for the sake of the audience. I don't need Nate really can't re give his whole take because the audience already heard it. So I'm going to just tell you as the GM here. Uh, 
you know, Nate and I have had a, a long conversation about this player, uh, and I'm just curious if you saw him uh, play against any grown-ups. <laughs> any grown-ups. Were, were there... <laughs> okay. There were... There were... There were... No adults in the Oh, room. okay. Oh. All right, I just, so, I just look, wanted to check on that. That's fine. Here, That's all right. Thing. Yeah. Here's the thing with Christian Watson. So it. So I did four tiers. It's worth noting my lowest tier is guys that I would be thrilled if they drafted in the third round, and I'd be fine with them drafting in the second round. Because mm-hmm. you got to remember, the guys I'm looking at are you know Drake London, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, George Pickens, Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, and Christian Watson. These guys can all play. Yes. I'm not looking, it's not like, you know, it's like I, I view them as like a fourth round receiver because they're in tier four. It's just with Christian Watson, here's the thing. He might be the best receiver in this class. He might also do almost nothing as a pro. Right. And the rest of those dudes, other than Traylon Burks, who I'm really not sure about. I mean, you, some of them are going to bust. That's just statistically very, very likely. But with Watson, you can say two things. One is that everything he was asked to do he did, he very, did it. Oh, he did it. He did it very well. He did it very well. Look, I want people to look up if they have time, because we talked about basketball earlier. I want people, and I do this every, this time of year every year, and I did it a ton in June, um, when unfortunately he he beat one of my friend's favorite basketball teams. But anyway, uh, every April, May, June, I look up the YMCA Grease League highlights of Giannis Antetokounmpo and the disparity between him and the other nine players is outrageous. And kids, he wasn't even a superstar back then. Um, And obviously the internet has changed constantly since that moment, but it was a clear marker of like, yo, is he playing on a, like, is he legitimately playing on a 10-foot hoop? Like, <laughs> and, and that's kind of, Kind of the feel, not the same, not equal, but kind of the feel I get with watching Watson, where I'm just like, "Is this a hundred yards?" Because <laughs> he's running by everybody. Yeah, he shrinks the field. He has rare athleticism, um, very, very, very rare athleticism, like rarer than Jamison Williams' athleticism. He's not just fast; he's incredibly fast, but he's also very quick. And he's very explosive. The routes he ran, he ran just fine. Mm-hmm. It's just, he showed some ball skills at times. Oh, he had a couple where he like just lost the ball. And I was like, ah, like, what are you doing, buddy? But everything he was asked to do, he did very well. I think he did well at the senior bowl. The problem is there's just, there's no sample size of him playing grownups <laughs> and him running big boy routes. Okay, since we're, we're going to keep going with this, it's like, okay, that's great, buddy. It's like, it's like, you know, a kid, you know, a kid that's really good at playing with the giant oversized Legos. That yeah. doesn't mean they're ready to build the friggin' Death Star. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, these are two different things and it doesn't mean the kid can't. It just means he's using those giant kinetic building blocks that are like the size of a big cell phone. And it's like, oh yeah, I think this guy can build this 9,000 piece Lego set. It's like, well, maybe. He's shown all the tools, but we still don't know. Now, I hope the Chiefs draft him and he has a 1,400-yard season and I look like an idiot. 
But that's why I'm adding the caveat. He could be really, really good. It's just like we okay. don't know. Okay. Do you know? Do you guys know that he's cousins with Jordan Sparks, the singer? Oh, shut up! No, he's Dane, not. Dane Brugler's draft guide knows no bounds. <laughs> Dane, he's, of course, his that's cousin Jordan Sparks is a Grammy Award-winning <laughs> singer. How that's just one he sentence. He's got. He's got to look. All I'm trying to tell Josh, General Manager Briscoe here, is he's got to be higher on our board. I mean, everything I hear about the kid, literally everything, including this, means I need. To, he just needs to rise. It just put a second round grade on him, knowing that it's risky, but like. Seth might be right because you know yeah. he's our director of college scouting. <laughs> uh, and here's the thing: you want to take Christian Watson with the second rounder? That sounds great to me. I think personally they should take. I, I've half talked myself into take a receiver in the first round and the second round because why not? Yeah. You got two I'm picks totally in there. both of them. That's the nutty. easiest thing to sell GM Briscoe on right there. Is is yeah. let's let's just let's take two receivers in the first at least the first two days. Yeah, um, that, you you can sell me on that. Here, here's my problem with Mr. Pickens, Seth, and I know he's higher on your board than mine. Um, as we again present, you know, contrasting arguments to our general manager here, he he not fast enough. I I just I see other receivers that are faster, and I know our coach, and I know our quarterback <laughs> skill set, and I'm just I'm leery. I'm not saying he can't be a good player. I just wonder size and speed like christian does Watson. he quite have that explosion yep post acl because exactly. that's one thing the yeah. 2021 film he looks more explosive in 2020 and 2019 correct and mm. i just wonder I, I can't stop thinking about what juan thornhill looked like in year one from his acl mm. when we were like that dude is on the field but and i'm just curious if you see that explosion because he had that but no, that's you're not you're not wrong. That that third level of the field, you wonder about a little bit, and and that's I, and that's why we agree on Drake London. Okay, so so, so I, I, I've got I've got two. <laughs> what? Sorry, I said I agree. So <laughs> now I just look. I was I just, just agreeing emphatically. Was that just a, was be, that an erection, Your Honor? <laughs> <laughs> that's sorry. He meant to say objection. <laughs> Well, I just didn't hear the word agree. I legit didn't hear it. And I thought that you said that you were now, so hard on Drake London, which didn't make sense because I know you love Drake London. And then so I just got really look, confused. If, if the New York, look, can I do my Mel Kuyper for a second? If yeah, sure. New- are you going to, sorry, are you going to stay, are you going to be doing the draft from home eating pumpkin pie because your body's a temple? <laughs> sorry. If the New York Jets do not pick Drake off. London Fire everybody, okay? You wanted Tyreek Hill. Everybody knows you want Debo Samuel. Everybody knows you gave up the 10th pick for DK. Draft Drake London right now and sleep easy. Why do you Todd, want why do Todd? Why did why do the why do the Jets do this to their fans? Why do they do this to them? Why do they make them boo? Every year we're in City Hall, even though we're not in the music, whatever, whatever the auditorium was in New York City. City Hall. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're not there, okay? We're not at the garden, okay? Nick fans are already furious, okay? The Yankees won't give up their third, the 300th hit to Miguel Cabrera. Why would the Jets do this to New Yorkers, okay? Drake London is that guy. Was- Todd, Todd, Todd. 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 
Todd. If the Jets, I think our Stephen A. impressions were stronger, if I'm but, being honest. Of course they were. But if the Jets <laughs> don't take Drake London, what are we doing? What What is Robert Sala Did, doing? Oh, that's right. He Nate coaches defense. Heard, has Nate not heard the rumors you and me have heard, Josh, that Drake London, like, you know, hates water and babies and America? Yeah. Yeah, and he just walks around. He just, he, you know, we got a lot of squirrels around the house right now. Drake London, I've heard he just walks around and just tries to kick them. When the lights, yeah. but when the lights come on. <laughs> Nate, Nate. Nate, come on. Listen, come on, we man. On, we got on me earlier for saying for saying some things too loud. We're going to, listen, man, Drake London, Drake London, tell, yeah, refuses should, to drink water. Slip. Let's stick with that one. That's he a good idea. He should fall to at least the mid-20s to where, like, some team that they really, you know, wanted to. Could trade up and get him, or that, or or what if Bill Belichick needs to call to trade down and no one wants to pick up the phone except <laughs> a team late in the first round? The Chiefs got if the Chiefs want to build a dynasty, they've got to start doing some stuff to other people's phones. Like that's one of the things we did learn from the Patriots that they need to pick that, up on. That is true. It's not a terrible plan. If if you're uh, at, if you're at a draft party, um, if you're hanging out with the with the guys, uh, you know, BJ Kissel and all the folks at, at the Kansas City Sports. Network. If you're hanging out with them, the best the best objection line that you could come up with is, "But when the lights came on, dot dot dot, you can't lose that argument. You just can't. You when just the lights can't. came on. But no, that the, really is that's the, the football draft yeah, but, equivalent of yeah, but still, there's like no comeback to that. But but he has an ACL. But when the lights were on. <laughs> But he but he got into some off the field stuff. But when the lights came on, he was out here doing what? Yeah. Balling. It's the it's the it's the reverse of baby when the lights go out. Now, like, now that does not mean that I condone you take a draft pick where he probably shouldn't be on your board if he's actually doing poor things off the field. This is the disclaimer portion of the joke, but I do want to suggest <laughs> that everybody understand. If he didn't play school last year, but when the lights came on, just 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 take put that in your back pocket and just just do it when you're most drunk on draft night. That's that's all I want. That's all I ask. <laughs> uh, if you guys would stop making this show so silly, I have a couple of serious questions for you both that I just you know, people criticize this show all the time for Nate and Seth just getting too wacky with it. And I just feel That's like good. I'm going to button up my top button for on behalf of this show, put my tie back on and ask you a question. Mm. Because, Nate, you saying something Seth and I most talked about last week, but you you making the George Pickens sort of anti-argument by saying, hey, it's just not fast enough, makes me makes me interested on if you have a stylistic cutoff for the Chiefs at, at among, you know, let's say the first couple of rounds later in the draft, whatever stuff happens, you know, the lights go back out again. All of a sudden, they're just receivers all over the place. But <laughs> if 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 you're at, at 29 slash 30 or you're looking to move up a little bit, whatever, like are 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 there guys like like George Pickens, maybe? And, and we said and I've talked about Traylon Burks a number of times now. But yeah. are, are there guys that you look at and you just go? No, he's just he's just not on the board. Like he's just not on the board for me in this range because he does not meet the roller coaster must be this fast to ride category. If if and this is with Watson with Williams on the board, my cutoff line might be Dotson from Penn State. Um, that's that's kind of where I am. Um, and I'm not saying that again. Uh, I don't want to make it seem like I'm like I'm somebody that like is going to get this completely right um and i hope next week 
when we get closer to the draft as our as our draft preview, I'll have some more sort of um some team perspective to offer. But but today's episode is just my own preference. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean, I like Dotson. I would take the pass rusher from Penn State over the receiver. Mm. Uh, particularly with the needs, like based on the needs, based on the fact that we do not know who's starting opposite of Frank Clark right now, you you got a flash. And that's okay if you're doing it against junior high kids, but he flashed. <laughs> like mm-hmm. at receiver to me, it's like you got a flash. Um obviously I'm still high on Jameson Williamson. On Jameson Williams. Can I can I give a, a, a quick three three point recap on Jameson Williams real quick? Yeah, please. Okay. None of these are in a particular order. I'm just gonna tell the listener. And if you've hang with us for fifty some odd minutes by now, thank you, good sir or madam. Uh, here's, the here's the good here's the good stuff. Sorry about I've had a harp talk earlier. As I mentioned before, if you bring a guy in for a visit, it's for a multitude of reasons. The first reason is it's a smokescreen. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs know the narrative, okay? The Chiefs know that everybody think they need to get this man because, as Seth said last episode, he does resemble the traits that Tyreek Hill possesses. So it's to make everybody assume that if you were going to trade up, hey, we brought this guy in for a visit. Wink, wink, come look at us. The second one is the more reasonable. Is that like, hey, he's coming off an ACL. Let's get another medical evaluation update. Let's see where his progress is. Um, Let's get a better projection as to when he might be ready to contribute in his rookie season. Go through that. Do you want to know what the third one is? Love to know what the third one is. Put this man on a whiteboard and see if he can run. Mm. And if he can run, that smokescreen nonsense don't matter no more. <laughs> let him think it. Let him think we out here just doing this to do it. He 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 can run the routes. He looking healthier than before. We know that we got years two, three, and four to think about. And if he can convince us on the whiteboard, on the film study, on the terminology, well, then we might just have to trade up for this young man. So that's <laughs> that's the three part with Jamison Williams. He's been the most interesting pre-draft visit so far, and these are the reasons why. Now, in a week's time, we'll figure out which one was more important than the other, but but those are the reasons. Uh, the the other thing I wanted to kind of get that could definitely the answer could be Jamison Williams, but as we stand here now with with a week out still with some evaluations still in progress, I, I want like I think everybody and, and again the specifics of tiers or whatever I, I think everybody goes uh, Chris Olave would make a lot of sense, but also Chris Olave is probably going to be Chris Ogane yep. uh, somewhere before Chiefs striking distance. So I'm I'm trying to parse this in a way that that is reasonable like who you guys like right now where you also like the asking price where maybe it could be a little bit of a trade up or maybe it's a huge trade up because you think one of them is just head and shoulders above the rest or maybe it's hey we 
I think these guys are all really close, but if I get him at 29, that's my guy. Seth, do you do you have a leaning in that direction right now? Not just your number one overall prospect, but the guy that you say, if you're the Chiefs and you have the assets the Chiefs have, he he's the the best sort of realistic case scenario for whatever reason. Um the best, most realistic case scenario. Um, I'm trying to avoid like the obvious thing, like what you said, because there are a, there's a lot of debate over who like the top four guys are right mm-hmm. and there's there's some circulation there <clears throat> i really do think there's a chance that olave or well i i, I just don't see drake london falling mm-hmm. i just don't and it makes me so sad um with jameson williams because he's got a dominant trait i don't really see it but because he's coming off the acl Mm-hmm. And then with Olavi, because of some of his play strength issues, which they do exist, and the fact that you know teams I think are going to fall in love with Garrett Wilson, which by the way I'm, I'm, I haven't written about him yet, Wilson seems fine, but I don't understand why people are putting him above Olave. But and so I I was just thinking I should have corrected myself to just make him be the guy that we're not even talking about because this happens every once in a while at a position group. I don't know anything about Garrett Wilson because. Everyone has told me, don't worry about it. The Chiefs aren't going to be around for him. <laughs> like, all right, cool. Like, I don't know. I don't know anything about Garrett Wilson, and I've just sort of accepted that. Well, he's good. He's he's the guy I'm looking at, him and Calvin Austin together, which are very different in terms of where people think they're going to go because Calvin mm-hmm. Austin weighs like a buck ten soaking wet. <laughs> but I, I would just say the existence of Wilson and maybe even Christian Watson because all it takes is one team that says, man, that dude is 6'4 and runs like a deer. <laughs> now the dang Raiders they traded for their receiver so yeah. but I, I would just say I think the most realistic scenario to me in terms of getting a guy that I absolutely love is Olave or Williams falling to the late teens early 20s and the Chiefs trading up to get them mm. that's 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 a really <clears throat> that's a really good way that you explain that Seth um, for a guy that may fall to 29 that I guess for my own personal preference, this is not team related, uh, or, or obviously the you know the conversation I've had with people in the, in the team, I I would be okay with Traylon Burks at twenty nine. Hmm. Um, if if he were to slide just a little now, I, now I think more people have him in the mid to high twenties versus the mid to low twenties. Um, but I would be okay with Burks, and and I think I just think I I prefer him over Dotson. At least as of right now, um, just because I, I think there's there's potential for more explosive plays um, with Burks, and he's he fits the the size that the Chiefs are desiring in this new revamped offense. Sure. In terms of drafting falling to twenty nine, I would take I would take Pickens as the most realistic to drop. But where I'm really rooting for Wilson, Burks, and Watson, especially to get what I view as overdrafted. Hmm. Because if those take up three of the receiver spots, then you get a chance that Williams or Olave falls into striking distance. Yep. Um, maybe London. I can dream. I'm not here to tell you you can't dream. I am here to tell you you can't talk about it much more, though, because we reached the uh, the hour mark and uh, did fail to once again talk about the defense literally next at week. all. Here's the fun next thing. Week. Next week. Next week. Next week. Because it, it is... Too. 
next week, <laughs> one of one of our uh, hosts is excited to talk about the defense, and one of them is enjoyed pretending it's not an actual problem. Uh, so we uh, we we will do another episode. Probably, I mean, we'll do another pre-draft episode next week, and then I think our options are either maybe we get one out between uh, the, maybe early Friday. We get out before the uh, the second day. We'll certainly do one shortly after the whole thing wraps up. So we'll be a little bit flexible on it. But we will certainly do at least one more episode before the actual draft begins. And uh, you can look forward to that. Anything else people need to know before uh, Nate gets out of here, Seth? Nah. Well, then I guess then I guess it's up to you, Nate. Thanks, Seth. Starting and ending, uh, starting and ending your your part of this podcast with well, just a couple big wet farts. He 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 went on a run like you like you said he would, Josh. Yes, he, yeah, he, I got he, hot. He, he put he put some points up. He got us a nice lead. The other team, that's known as time, uh, caught up, and we we said, hey, maybe you should be the first option on this last play. Yes, and he was do you like, like this last uh, show. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I am, I don't know, I am late career Sam Cassell, and you keep trying to make me more, and I'm not. I'm late career Sam Cassell. You need 20 points in a flurry and absolutely nothing else. I got you. Uh, before you do actually close this out, Nate, I just wanted to I just wanted to tell Seth that Sam Cassell stopped playing basketball 14 years ago. And I remember him. I, I remember him fondly. Uh, yeah, but you also know current basketball players, yes. which is the biggest difference. Well, you know. also that man played till he was thirty-eight, and he and he's a coach. Um, so look, did Seth give us more than Ben Simmons? Probably will <laughs> give moving forward in this postseason, <laughs> hey. potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> they they said that they gonna let this man play in a probable must-win game four. Whoo! Talk about situations, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, as we end this, and as time continues to, to to be a daunting force upon me, this is the best part, okay? Right here, right now. Your team has not done anything idiotic. Your team <laughs> has not done anything brilliant that you have yet to actually know. Again, there were people five years ago that were like, but what? But why didn't we? But why didn't we draft Deshaun Watson? And there are going to be people like that a week from now, and you just need to like be prepared for those folks, because sometimes they're right and sometimes they're wrong. But right now, your team has twelve picks. Right now, your team could just about do anything outside the top ten, legitimately. And this is the best part. Like, go on PFF. Simulate to your heart's content, okay? Because at one point last year, it became very clear to me that the Chiefs were very high on Nick Bolton. And I remember picks ahead, and this is on Twitter somewhere, but like, hey, might want to get them Nick Bolton jerseys. Might, might want to stitch those bad boys up. Uh, and I do remember that. And some of the responses on Twitter at the time were fascinating because they were like did you see mizzou play football last year (laughs) to which i said of course i did and ladies and gentlemen that's the sweet spot that's the sweet spot right there the moment before the chiefs have done anything the information that hopefully i i have gathered over the course of this whole run-up and knowing that like 
some of those people are wrong and that's okay. And some of those people are right and that's okay too. But you know who's right right now? You, whatever you think about this draft, enjoy it immensely for the next six and a half days because you are not wrong, sir. And ma'am, if you think they need to get a cornerback, hell, you should be the general manager. <laughs> That's okay. This is the best part. They haven't done anything yet. But when the lights come on, <laughs> you better hope your team does something right and not what the Jets do. <laughs>